You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth, episode 34. And we're here um, with Joel Brown today, an incredible dude who's sharing some pretty impactful truths on social media at the moment. Um, a little bit about Joel. Joel Brown is a master coach, speaker, and founder of the number one motivation website, addictedtosuccess.com, which has achieved over 332 million views worldwide over the last 12 years. Joel is featured in the new hit movie, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and the We Rise Up movie with Richard Branson. He studied theology, human behavior for the last decade. Joel is the host of the Addicted to Success podcast that's achieved more than 5 million downloads featuring thought leaders such as Matthew McConaughey, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, and many more. Joel, firstly, man, congratulations on that first name. It's it's, it's a pretty special name to have. <laughs> pretty dope name, man. Yeah, I often try to explain to Gerasimos what it's like being a Joel, but he, he just doesn't get it. So I'm wondering <laughs> if you can break that down for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because I think I've only come across maybe one or two other Joels in my life. Uh, it's from the the book in the Bible, Joel. He's a minor prophet. Yeah. And it was probably one of the most boring books in the Bible. Because <laughs> some people are like, you know, when I meet my Christian friends, they're like, hey, you read the book, Joel? But yeah, and I was bored <laughs> when I read it. But it, it was interesting because it wasn't meant to be a big book. It was just like a warning. It was a prophecy that he had shared uh, in that time. And, and I like dug deeper into it and looked at it all. And I'm like, it's interesting how we give meaning to names, right? Mm-hmm. And certain words we use, we make it mean something. And uh, I, I think I've never really uh, felt like, you know, some people don't like their name. Like for me, I've just embraced it going, yeah, cool. You know, like it, it feels, it feels like it's a rare name. I don't know about you, man. Do you have you come across? I'm a lot with of you, jobs? man. I, I, I love my name. I feel really connected to my name. Um, we're, we're special yeah. people, bro. <laughs> there's, there's a, i've known a lot of joels in in the u.s i mean not like a hundred of them but you know definitely a good handful yeah. but i'm so curious like around names like what is what is it in the name like is there like some kind of frequency in a name that especially if it comes from somewhere like do you do you live that out like i'm you know i'm named after uh ayos Erasimos, which is saint Erasimos, which is the patron saint of the island of Catalonia, where my father was born and raised on and he was the healer and protector of the island so it's like when I, when I kind of realized that I kind of own, took more ownership of that name, of that Greek name, I used to go by a shortened Americanized version of that for most of my life. So I don't know. It's interesting to think uh, about. There you go. Well, I guess it depends, right? Like if people struggle pronouncing your name, if it's a bit longer, you, you tend to shorten it for time's sake uh, and to create clarity in those, those short moments. But it's interesting because, you know, my girlfriend, we're having a conversation. We're like, if we were to ever get to the point where we had a child, like, what would you call your girl? What would you call a boy? Right. And, and so we had this kind of conversation, uh, hypotheticals. And <laughs> she's Spanish. So like certain names in Spanish to me in, in Australia, like in English, sounds terrible. I'm just like, what? Why would you call a kid that name? Like, it just doesn't sound right. And she's doing the same. Like, I think oh, I picked a really beautiful name. And I say it and she's like, uh, nah, because in Spanish, it means this. So it's funny how we all have our own different associations yeah. and, and interpretations. But, uh, you know, certain names I hear some people say sometimes, I'm like, oh, a Michael. 
like, yeah. And my mind goes to like all the Michaels I've ever known. And if I did, I have a good or bad experience with a Michael and then you kind of categorize them and put them in buckets. Right. Um, and, and, you know, for any Michael that's listening, I haven't had any bad experiences, by the way. Uh, but, but it's just like, you know, example, that's what we do, right? We like to put things in boxes. We like to put labels on it because it makes us feel safe because it makes us feel like we've worked that person out or we know that type. Yeah, yeah we do it in, in pretty much everything in life, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, man, it's the primordial fear of the unknown, right? We try, and if we don't know, often that we, we, we pretend that we know. We, we pretend to be certain, right? Because, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack just in that simple conversation there. Little, sure. little do we know that there's a lot of, a lot of the, what we don't know that we don't know in the space as well. Yeah. You know, so it'd be open to that. That's for sure. Definitely, Yo, Joel. And by Joel, I mean you, Joel, not, not here for the truth, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I guess want to start off, man, getting into your, like your personal hero's journey a little bit, like what were some of your major rites of passage that got you from, you know, growing up in Perth to being a master coach and, and then speaking out on, on what's going on in the world today as we witness this, this, I'd like to say totalitarian tiptoe, but it's, it's, it's more of a fucking large <laughs> gate cycle towards totalitarianism you know what i'm saying up. yeah good and evil are rising at, at, a, at the same time it's getting interesting isn't it well yeah like i'll take my mind back to a time where i wasn't even into looking into what all this stuff is um probably pretty naive to the fact that the world uh has has evil entities and, and operates off empire uh, it was probably about a, <sighs> 15 years back, I was working in a nine to five job. Actually, before that, I was actually working in the music industry. So I was working with artists like uh, Usher, Pharrell, Kelly Rowland, Ludacris, Flowrider. Uh, I was pro uh, producer, manager, right? So I was managing producers, managing songwriters. I was in the music business at 20 years old. And I had all the red carpets and I had the, the stardom and hanging out with the superstars and everything else. And I got to a point where I started to feel like this isn't it. And no one around me could understand it. You know, I was managing my, my best friend at the time, one of my other buddies too. And, and I just got to a point where I said to him, like, I'm not coming back to America because I, I came back to Australia. Uh, this is a few years in. And they're like, what do you mean? We're like literally just taking off. They started working with ASAP Rocky. They're going to be working with Kanye West, like all these big, and I'm like, it's just not here. And they just couldn't understand it. And they're trying to get me to articulate. I'm like, I can't. It's just, there's this knot in my stomach and this repeating line in my head that you're not supposed to be here and it's time to move on. Mm. I call it the whispers of wisdom, right? It's like, mm. God was like tapping me on the shoulder going, let's move now, like do your thing. Cause I was in the background a lot. Uh, managing everything from the from the background and and it, there was this nudge to like step in and go bigger so I, I honored that and i moved back to perth western australia which is where i'm born and raised i worked in a nine-to-five job i got really good at sales and in that meantime i did a lot of self-development you know i was working on a lot of my own layers working through the healing working through the strategy you know understanding the mindset i went i flew out to the uk to work with richard banlow who's a co-founder of nlp i worked with him in london for a while um, going deep into that uh, i came back and 
worked with Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, so not the original, but not uh, not Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, DiCaprio, yeah. but the original, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. And he challenged me to cast a ten-year vision, and this is when everything started to become more and more real because I actually got to ink out the things that I now get to consider to be able to craft the life that I truly desire to create. Because before it was always about everybody else, managing songwriters, managing producers, hustling in the business, um, being cornered into deals or being blackballed from certain deals if we weren't taking certain, it's, it was nuts. Like the type of thing, the politics in the music industry that I was experiencing at a young age, but it made me stronger and made me understand that this world is like a battlefield. You got to strategize. You got to, you know, get in and you got to be strategic about uh, how you play your moves. And, and it's about how you develop your mindset and your emotional fitness as well. So <clears throat> I took all that. And then I realized within the 10 year vision that I wasn't able to implement the 10 year vision at the pace that I wanted to, because I challenged myself, I casted 10 years. I went, what would it look like for me to do this in three? And so it meant that I needed to bite the bullet and do one big swing. And that big swing that I committed to was to work in the deserts of uh, Western Australia, in the Northwest of Australia. Uh, I dropped out of high school. I don't know if you guys know that, but I dropped out of high school. And so I didn't have any trade skills, but the only way that I could work in the deserts of Northwestern Australia to get paid 120, 130 grand a year for good coin was for me to get a snake handling certificate. Hmm. So <laughs> I know it sounds kind of crazy. Some people are listening like, what the hell this is like some Steve Irwin type stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but yeah, I went and learned how to, you know, handle snakes and reptiles and learn how to work with the, the fauna, you know, the animals. And I worked my way into the environmental team and I, I started learning all these other skill sets, how to drive heavy machinery and, and, and trades assistance skills. And I just worked my way through it. And I committed to that for nine months straight. And I tell you, you're talking about, you know, like we'll see each other in the prison camp or whatever it is if we, we don't take the shot, right? <laughs> well, it felt like that. I was doing 28 days straight with four days off working 12 hour shifts. And mind you, on top of that, when I go back to my, my chalet, my, my room at the end of the 12 hour day, I would sit there and I work on addicted to success. And I'd, I'd pump out like three or four articles a day because I could just see the vision. I was so committed to it. And so here we are, you know, 12 years down the line after launching addicted to success, getting a lot of attention from people like Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Oprah, Diddy, you know, I had a lot of celebrities sharing my stuff, um, which helped it to build traffic very quickly. You know, I saw that there wasn't much online at the time. It, it, it's this thing where you're looking for something and it's like, how come nobody's created a solution for this? Mm -hmm. So I decided to be the solution. I was like, well, there's not, there was hardly any self-development websites on online at the time. There were some spiritual based things and there was also like psychology sites, but a lot of that was like reading a medical research paper, you know, people couldn't connect with it. So I would go and interview people that have crushed it. And then we would like dissect their strategy and a game plan and then share it with my followers. And people love that because I essentially did all the hard work and the trench work for them. And on top of it, I would go and learn very complex uh, things around psychology, human behavior, theology, philosophy, and I would narrow it down into a simplified model for people to be able to follow step by step. And it worked. It blew up. There's a formula to it. People want hope. They want to know that their life can improve and get better. Mm. And uh, we built the whole brand off that. And I operate with my personal brand more so now because Addicted to Success has its own legs. So I've got my team that runs it and it 
has got a reputation we've been around for 12 years got the credibility and it works you know but uh yeah the entrepreneurial journey is is, it hasn't been a straight straight path Mm -hmm. we've uh, we've had the ups and downs but it's it's been good man it's been good incredible i tried to not shell it i know i gave you guys like 15 16 years of like the journey but that's the nutshell yeah that was perfect, man. I mean, the, the path is made by working. We're walking and we, we, we learn as we go and we figure things out on our own and we figure out what works. Um, and I think so often people, like we, we are always outsourcing how things are going to work for us, what, what, what the successful path looks like. But at the same time, for me personally, my experience, I feel like it's a really individualistic thing, depending on, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, our, our circumstances, how we are, our own, you know what I mean? I guess psychology and emotional responses and behaviors, how we're raised. Um, and just personally, my, in my experience, I found that I've started seeing more success, whatever I've had when I started being more myself, to, yeah. to, to be honest with you. I mean, like stepping more deeper, more deeper into authenticity and who I am. Um, what do you think about that? Well, my question for you is how do you do that? Right? Like, how does that, become apparent and and Mm. when does a penny drop because i know a lot of people can hear it and i know i heard it too i kept hearing you just be more of yourself yeah and i am i feel like i am now i've embraced it Mm. but it was part of an evolution right like how does that come in what's your experience i want to know from you too yeah definitely man i mean it's my experience it's always the inner work first and it's recognizing those inner barriers that i've built which prevent me from being myself so you catch yourself in moments where, you know, you know what you want to say, you know what you want to respond, you know what you want to share. But for some reason, there's resistance and, and there's fear there. And that fear is often a result of, you mean, I guess, trauma, conditioning, you know what I mean? Guilt, shame, judgment, whatever it is. And my process has been in noticing that resistance then doing the release work that's necessary and diving in, asking myself, asking myself the question. And I say this pretty much every episode, but as above, so below, as within, so without, the deeper I go, within um it seems as though the further i'm able to I- extend outwards in, in in this reality that we're experiencing so the process for me in understanding how to be myself is realizing what's preventing me from being myself and it's doing that work necessary yeah yeah i love that man i love it, it, it peeling back the layers yeah i think society and our caregivers you know they're doing the best well, our caregivers tend to be doing the best they can with what they have but it's not always going to be conducive for the growth that we want right mm. and society doesn't give a shit like they're just doing their thing so it tends to be like this I, I look at it as like god originally designed us in a certain way and it's like here we are we're the package we're there we're ready to rock and roll and yeah. then and then we get like it's like transparent uh, you know, if you've ever seen those old school projectors where you'd have like a transparent sheet mm-hmm. and it'd be like drawn or written on it and you project it up onto the wall. Like this is, I'm, I'm sounding like <laughs> I'm mad old right now, but I remember it when I was in high yeah. school, you know, early high school days. But <clears throat> I look at it like you, you've got like God's original design as this template and it's dope. And then next thing it's like, you learn something from mom and dad that doesn't quite fit. And it like kind of, you take it on as, oh, that means that I'm not good enough okay we'll, we'll go with that that's just how it is next one oh that means that i'm not loved uh this one here means the failure and mistakes are bad right and then society says you gotta you gotta pay your taxes and you gotta do this and you gotta act this way and this is pretty and this is ugly and this is um what's cool and we we just keep getting scribble after scribble after scribble on top of these transparent sheets that continue to layer on top of us to the point where we don't know ourselves anymore yeah 
the question is, do we ever really truly know ourselves? Maybe not. It's like when I do the transformational work, the healing, the trauma, the wound work, the shadow work, the inner child blueprint, the unconscious pattern. When we work through that with my clients, it gets to the point they're like, oh my gosh, they feel like a new human being. And I said to them, you're just coming back to who you really were yeah. before all the scribbles, you know? <laughs> and, and I think this is the big defining thing that determines whether you're going to do that or not. A successful captain can only make the journey to the end with flow when, they, when he knows his ship, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, you've got to know the intricacies. You've got to work through it and be familiar with it. And this is where I, I look at it as ownership. Like we've got to own a ship, right? In order to have a successful journey. And so most people don't make it their business to audit themselves. They don't make it their business to actually get to know who they really are. Like what, like I'm okay with my weaknesses. I don't make that a reinforcement of feeling not good enough. I look at it as if, if I want to feel good enough, I get to look at the weaknesses and I get to pair with them and, and, and get in and face off with it and go, I know you've been here for a while, but we're not going to do this anymore. So it's the relationship with self. People are very scared to have that relationship with themselves because they don't feel worthy of having a, a powerful relationship with themselves. You know, and it's interesting because I see it masked a lot in the self-development space. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like, it's kind of like the spiritual leader that's like the guru, but then they become so ego driven and they're masking it with like, I'm egoless, but it's like, no, that in itself is ego, <laughs> right? And so some people are trying to put on this, like, I love, you know, self, 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 it's self-love so much to the point where then you come out of it and it's an overcompensation. So my focus with my clients and even this might be my journey myself is like coming back to that center. How do we come somewhere in the middle? And I don't think we're ever fully in the middle. I think we like to think that we are, and we may have brief moments of feeling that the goal is to recalibrate and come back in. And I think, the more you practice ownership, the better you become at recalibrating over and over again until it just becomes natural to know where that center point is. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, brother. We, we visit the middle from time to time to, to, to check. And then where we're going on that, on that journey, it's, it's, it's the lemniscate, which is the infinity symbol. And like this ancient symbology tells us a lot. This is actually our, our primordial nature that we're constantly moving through, um, you know, the yeah. infinity symbol. But so we visit, the, yeah. we visit the middle, we check ourselves, we, we check, we, we calibrate briefly. Then we continue on the journey. It's just, it's a brief visitations, man. That's all it is. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting in there trying to recalibrate for too long though, too. Ah, <laughs> Some people right, sit, yeah. sit near the middle and just stay there. like, And, and then it, it's funny, man. Life is funny. It's a dance. It seriously is a dance. I, I don't think I ever want to be fully there. It's like, the question is, where's there? Yeah. You know, where's there? Ask, exactly. Yeah. I ask people this when they're like, I'm not there. I'm like, well, where's there? Like, let's define it. And, and does it make sense? Or is it an overcompensation? Or is, are you coming from lack? Yeah, and, and, and this is the state of the world right now. We're in the lower brackets and, and you see what's happening with this fear and this propaganda that's being pumped. They're trying to drive us down into shame and guilt. They're trying to drive us down into apathy. They're trying to drive us down into fear, hate, blame, all these areas. You're not going to take ownership in that space if you stay there. Yeah. So you're not empowered, you're disempowered, which is exactly what these upper entities if you want to call them that doesn't mean that they're higher than it just means that they're established themselves and called that and that's the frame they hold and and they want you to be in a submissive state because you're easier to be controlled there they don't like people like us 
Mm-hmm. They don't like entrepreneurial minded people that put freedom before safety. Yeah. When times yeah. get tough. You know, look at the Spartans. They put freedom before safety. You know, it's, it's like they weren't going to let someone just come in and roll on them. You know, you're, you're Greek. Yeah. Bro, and yeah. you know, like the, the, the Greeks, damn, you know, that were the, that were the third empire. They conquered me to Persia, you know, and, and Alexander the Great. It, what did he do? He died at like, what, 23 years old or 24? Like he was young. He was young. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he needed, he needed to do some work with, with Tony Robbins or something, you know, like he, he needed a, he needed to cast a new vision and get that new mountain to conquer. He, he felt like he already conquered it and he drank himself to death. There was all these different theories of what happened, but you know, we look at that and we just think like, there's a lot that can be achieved in a small amount of time. He channeled it into conquering, but in a, in a way where it was based off the intention of needing to dominate and needing that power. But it's like, we're in a world now where that's not necessary for us but we have a sphere we get to operate in and, and why not, why not play it our best? Why not challenge ourselves to see how far we can go with this? And, and why not look at this as a challenge to see, all right, I'm being tested and I'm being constantly shot at to try and drag myself down the lower frequencies. How do I stay above? Our goal is to stay above the line and we get to lead above the line. And a lot of people aren't, they're missing it. They're, they're getting dragged so deep below the line that they don't know they're below the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just what do you, don't. What do you think are the main things that make people realize they're not where the, where they're at? Like that keep them from from living their best life. That that keep them living this fear, shame, and guilt, and that makes them that makes them easy to be propagandized. Like, what do you think are the main things? Um, you know, we we when I say we, like you and I, and if you're listening right now and you've been an entrepreneurial minded person for a while, you've you've implemented things, you've built your business, you've been in the practice for a while. It, it comes back to ownership. It absolutely does. It comes back to ownership. You know, I've, I'm finding, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't want to generalize, but what I am finding is I'm finding there's, there's typically a few classes of people in society. There's four, actually, there's four classes. And it's really interesting because I want to really understand the psychology of this. Let's like kind of work this out together. Sure. You have four classes of, of, of um, people in, in society right now that are not taking the shot generally the majority of them aren't the first one are high school dropouts that's interesting right a lot of people that didn't complete high school have gone off maybe done a trade or whatever they've done they they are more resistant to the shot the second class is the entrepreneurs entrepreneurial minded they've learned to carve their own path to create their own freedoms the third one is those with a phd very resistant which is interesting because they keep like you from all the stuff you see on the news and the media you'd think that those with phds would be the ones that are all taking it and on board because you keep hearing doctors doing that doesn't mean that's it those with the phd have practice exploring both sides of the coin they dig very deep into their research they have to weigh it up and generate a case quite often in their studies so they're doing that and they're going this doesn't add up i'm going to wait on this one right and they're taught not to be irrational they're taught to lay it all out and square it all up. And then what we have is the fourth bracket, which is those that are more spiritually in practice. They've maybe at some point looked into alternative methods. Um, They tend to be more anti-establishment as well. You know, so when we see these four groups, I'm seeing this. And if we pair it all together, one is um, not connecting with the indoctrination. That's the high school dropout. 
maybe maybe a little bit of a criminal past maybe a little bit of a rebellious nature okay fair enough right the the second class that i uh, i mentioned entrepreneurs we've we've learned to come outside of what society expects and create something new and we're used to ridicule we're used to having to keep going whether there's failures or mistakes or whatever it is the lessons we get to learn we grab and hold and we keep building from there the phds like i said i already mentioned what they do right weighed up and the last bracket spiritual if we look at the, those elements and we combine them all together leadership right now in order for us to really thrive is going to require from us to integrate all four of those major points if you want to be an ultimate leader in this space and time because they're all the things that oppose the establishment for good reason yeah right and and i see and like some people have a little bit of it in it but they haven't owned it that's what i'm saying it's like they haven't owned it they've like been part of a system they've been deep in relying on the medical system maybe a reference point or evidence is that their family members have died from what they were told is COVID. so they're like well crap i've seen this person and my friend over here says that person passed and, and it starts to weigh up and you go well maybe this thing is true and then they start forgetting who they are and they start not trusting the, their god-given immune system you know they stop trusting their sense of knowing that they can get on top of this and, and make preventative measures they start watching a little bit too much of the news and media. They start listening to people that they want to listen to because they haven't gone to do the due diligence themselves. So they're trying to get that information from someone else. This is why I keep saying to people, be sovereign, mm -hmm. like be in the practice of being sovereign. Like we were doing it before. That's why we don't fall for this charade. Yeah. And little do people know that this thing is literally on a tissue right now. Like there's not much holding it. It feels like there's a lot holding it for people that are like, on the inside of the system, but it's on a freaking tissue paper. And if we just stand up and say, we ain't doing this anymore, this is BS. And we stop complying, it, this tissue will wet and, and, and it will fall through. Like people don't know how close we are to it. We're very close, but it's going to take a lot more of us. Like if we go into another 10% more people, 20%, it starts getting louder and they, yeah. start, they start buckling. Like the reason why there's a window and there's a lot of pressure is because they know that their time is wearing thin. There's only so much rope and evil, because that's what it is, is evil. Let's, let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah. It, it always likes to pull it right to the end of the rope before it hangs itself. Always. And it can't help it. It has to go as far as it can to the end. It ends up hanging itself in the end of it all. Good wins, love wins, truth wins, liberty wins. Always. Yep. And so those that haven't practiced ownership, that's your first challenge is to get into that ownership. The second thing is get ready for a bumpy ride. The pressure will increase. It will get bumpy. It's like turbulence before we smooth sail. You know, it's, it's going to be like that. And, you know, you, we're all, I know you guys have got this on your podcast, Joel, I see what you post often as well. Like we're, we're raising the, the, the truth and we're, we're sharing it there. We're challenging and getting people to think, right? Like, let my people think if they can just think like critically think not fear, but think, right. The two different things and yeah. we can make a huge impact. Yeah, dude. Absolutely, man. No doubt about that. I mean, part of, part of the bumpy ride coming up is learning how to navigate now. You know what I mean? And by, by flexing the, that, that discernment by starting to figure out your own shit in, in the current period is going to equip you much better to continue to be a better navigator of your own ship, of your own vessel, moving forward 
I think what's really important also is to people is for people to recognize what is on the flip side of this, like the entire purpose of um, socialist and communist propaganda is demoralization. It is literally created to, to demoralize you. And I've got this quote here um, from Theodore Dalrymple. He says, in my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of their sense of probity. To assent to obvious lies is in some small way to become evil oneself. One's standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. So literally, it's meant to be as inverted as possible. It is designed to humiliate you. And the moment that you align yourself with this obvious lie, then you can, you can no longer trust yourself. And if you can no longer trust yourself, what kind of navigator are you going to be? So yeah. for me, the process of, of positioning ourselves accordingly and learning to flow during this period is doing small things to trust yourself, you know, so then you can be the leader of your own ship and you can be the master. Yeah, no, I feel that. That's a powerful quote. I love it. I love it. It encapsulates what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in God. And one of the big things that I notice is a theme in the scriptures is there's this constant push, like where evil is trying to get those that are believers in this connection with God trying to get these people into this doubt, right? So like this constant, like doubt yourself and doubt your creator. And I believe that lies believed breaks the circle of love and trust. The ultimate thing that we, we get to hold that gives us the most hope and faith is having that trust that God has got us right. And that we're there with God in that co-creation. And like, I see what's going on right now. And if you have a look at, like I studied agenda 2030, I've read Klaus Schwab's uh, book, The Great Reset. It, it's boring. It's a terrible book. Uh, but it's also written in a way where I can see that people that that don't think of like creating uh, a world where we have God given principles and we, we live by morals and standards that would be conducive for us to be able to uh, actually look and honor the fact that we have a creator and, and that we're in this incredible original design that's constantly renewing. And that we have the opportunity to actually look at life as a, as a thing that we get to be grateful for and not have to look at government as God. Then I can see how people that take God out of the picture, how they can see this so-called utopia that they want to create with their agenda 2030 would be a good thing. But like, if we peel it back, we don't, we can't trust them. We can't like when you see the things that they've said that they're going to be doing, they've relabeled evil intentions. Yeah. Like when you look at this, like, you know, like climate crisis, like it used to be called climate change. It's like, okay, climate change is, is changing. We've got to look after the environment. When God gave us dominion over the earth, he gave us great responsibility, but he always put us first before the actual environment honoring the fact that we get to be growing people that make decisions, knowing when we're looking after things to be responsible or not. So we become a very irresponsible society. So I can see how they can utilize climate, climate change, 
But what they do is they go and repackage it and call it climate emergency or climate crisis. Now they start putting it on death certificates. You got to start asking questions when this comes into play. It's like, well, what happens then? Are they going to lock the world down every whatever days? Cause they say the climate has to take a break. And now they're like slowing down our business and impeding on us to, to create yeah. more control. Do they bring in a Sunday law? Every Sunday you can't work. You've got it like, you know, like this, these stuff have been talked about within the papacy, within the Vatican and being talked about within the UN and these, these meetings at, at, in Davos, like all oh, this stuff's been talked about. It's written. You can see this online. It's not a, it's not like a conspiracy, right? Mm-hmm. So we look at this and, and then you got someone like Bill Gates, who everyone knows is not even a doctor let alone a scientist or a virologist, but he's out there dishing out advice. And, you know, you see, see the cruel intentions behind this guy, like giggling and laughing as he says, wait till the next wave. You know, it's like no normal person would behave like that. You know, that's a, that's a behavior of a psychopath. You see him putting out his book about climate crisis. So it's like, follow this now, look at it. Where's the money going? What are they trying to push? Green deals. They're trying to move everything to this next space. We've got the, the vax. Okay, that's going on. We know what's in that stuff is poison. And we look at what they're moving next. Let's get everyone on the same page. If we can funnel the world into a system where they're all on the same page, because you're definitely selfish. If you disagree with climate emergency, you're a selfish son of a gun because you should be putting the earth. How dare you? Remember how the little Greta Thunberg, how dare you? Yeah. You know, and blah, blah, blah. She's like shaming. It's this, ah, she triggers me so much. But <laughs> I hear you, bro. You guys know, right? You guys know. And it's like, it's such a shame because it's such a, it's such an important thing that we do look after the environment. But when it starts getting bastardized and distorted and used as a manipulative tool to funnel everybody like a bunch of leads into a system, this is where it starts to get out of hand. And this is what's happening. So, you know, we can't personally control that that's the agenda that they want and they have a lot of money behind it and they've pulled strings and been thinking about this probably before we were even born. But what we can control is how we show up in those moments. When this, when this is projected onto us, do we stand ground and say, I see what's going on here and this is what I stand for. We've got to have our principles and people, people are now being tested and, and it's happening. I'm seeing it. People are realizing they didn't set their standards. They don't have boundaries. They don't have principles. They don't know what their alignment is. The reason why I say no to the jab, it's not to be macho. I don't post stuff on social media to be Mr. Macho. It's got nothing to do with that. It's because it's out of alignment with me. It's because it's incongruent and it's out of integrity if I go along with this this manipulative agenda. And I think if people found where that center point is with them, Maybe for some people, they think it's fine. Okay, cool. Go do your thing. I honor that. That's cool. You do your thing. But don't come crying on my shoulder when you find out that that was the wrong decision because I already gave you the heads up. That gets to be your wisdom now. Yeah. Right? So yeah, we're, we're, we're getting tested on a level we haven't before. I'm, I'm coaching a whole group of people right now. A lot of them from Australia. They're, they're going through their trials and tribulations in Sydney and Melbourne. And I said to him, I go, this could, you're in the freaking dojo. Like you could have come and joined my coaching two years ago and it wouldn't have the same impact as it does now because now you're actually getting to implement it live in the flesh, second by second, real time. Like it's not like, oh, I learned this thing and then I'll go and apply it when a challenge shows up. I'm like, you're in the midst of a challenge. Use it to build and implement and integrate straight away. It's a gift. Definitely, it is a gift, man, and it's 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 it's. You got me fired up, guys. 
I love it, man. I'm just kicking back here, like listening right now. We drop a few questions and let you do your thing, man. I'm fired up too, man. I'm fired up. Like this is what it's about, man. It's about doing the work, doing the inner work and, and getting into that center place where it's like what you said, that's just not congruent with me. I'm living my life. I'm a sovereign man. I'm a sovereign human being. You can make whatever choices you want to make, but I'm not making that similar choice. You know, and you mentioned God earlier is like for so long, they've been trying to disconnect people from God, from a deep sense of spirituality and connection with the divine. Because again, if they're, if the, if God isn't there, the state, the government becomes the new God, you know, and then people look to that for the answers, as opposed to something deep within and a deep connection with, with their creator, like you said, yeah, whatever you want. And I mean, at the end of the day, the internal compromises that we've made within ourselves are going to be equivalent to the external compromises that we make because what they're playing on is the fact that you aren't in integrity with yourself, that you haven't slayed your own inner demons, right? And the kind of person that's going to believe um, Klaus Schwab and, and trust these establishments and these books and this state is the person that doesn't trust themselves. And because they doesn't trust themselves, they have to have someone else tell them what's moral. They have to have someone tell them else... Tell them, tell them what they should value because they don't know what they value within themselves. So all of a sudden now we're standing up for what anyone tells us is right, be it, you know what I mean, climate change, climate crisis, because we've got nothing good that we've seen within ourselves to represent. We have to represent the pseudo good, the pseudo value, the pseudo morality that's handed to us. And this is why I'm such a big proponent of, of the inner work because it, 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 it allows you to be censored. It puts you in a position where you're less you're less able to be hypnotized by, you know what I mean, all these tyrants that are trying to dictate to you what it is to be you, what it is to be human, what it is to be inherently divine and good and, and this, whatever this experience is. And you, you said it before, we, we're never stagnant. We're not stagnant beings. We are a continual unfoldment. We're a constant ongoing process and we're constantly learning through all of this. Um, yeah. So it's time, it's time to learn how to surf because there's, there's big waves right now, man. And we're, we're not sitting there waiting anymore. We're fucking on the wave. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And the thing yeah. is too, man, these, you know, our social engineers, these architects of control, again, you know, they understand human psychology to a degree yeah. beyond, you know, that's why we have to know ourselves on the deepest levels because psychopaths, sociopaths, et cetera, they, they, they co-opt your virtue and use it against you. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I want to, I, I want to be a good person. You're like, I, I care about my fellow man. I, I, I don't want your grandmother to die or whatever the case may be, but it's like, they use that against you. They, they, they co-opt it and they use it against you to follow these agendas that don't really make any rational sense. But anyways, man, I, I, I if you want anything yeah. to add, but I think mm -hmm. this is a good place um, to, to end part one, but if you want to add something, man, go ahead. No, I think you've hit on some really good points. I think that if we can get ahead of the curve, because you got to remember these guys have planned this, whoever these guys are, we could, it could be yeah. a conglomerate of like 6,000 people across the board. And I, I don't necessarily think it's just like three people at the top and they're all just doing, you know, like, let's do this. Ha ha ha. Mr. Burns and Smithers and like, you know, somebody else, you know, I, I don't think it's like that. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely do think that some people in some foundations and organizations get their jollies off, uh, dominating and owning more of the uh the land you know that old saying is whoever owns the most land rules the kingdom and you have established powers that have been around from you know thousands of years ago uh, you guys already know one of them which would be rome 
You know, Rome never went away. It never disappeared. Yeah. Rome's right. still in power. Like Rome pulls strings right at the top. Like you guys think it's Bill Gates. He's got nothing on Rome. The Vatican, the papacy, the power that's in oh, yeah, they pull, the 300 and something, 60 something trillion dollars they hold. Like Rothschilds and Rockefellers are like little, like, yeah, these are little, puppets, man. little foot soldiers compared to them. You know what I mean? So we're going to look at the bigger picture from a prophetic standpoint. When I look at the scriptures, I study a lot of the eschatology, which is a, you know, last days, end times um, prophecy. And it's interesting, actually, um, uh, John, the revelator who wrote Revelation, uh, he was on the island of Patmos as well, which is out there near, you know, in Greece. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, he he brought this incredible revelation that Christ had given him. And and when you look at it unfolding, you know, people refer a lot to like, oh, mark of the beast. You know, if you receive the mark of the beast, uh, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you get the mark and all this. You know, so people hear all this and they're like, oh maybe some prophecies coming true. And I'm going to tell you, 88% of biblical prophecy has already happened over the last uh, 6,000 years, close to 6,000 years. And so when you see what it has in Revelation, it starts to get really interesting because it's still the same theme as everything that's been going on for the last 4,000 that we know, three, three and a half thousand that we know, because you look at the empires of Babylon, you know, Babylon was very much about idol worship. You know, it was very much pagan, very much about, um, you know, having their own identity as an empire to rule over the world. Then, you know, Daniel has this prophecy that only he was able to share. They had mystics and wizards and all sorts of people that came to the king Nebuchadnezzar to try and tell this prophecy and they couldn't. And he killed them. It's like, if you couldn't work out what the dream was about, he, he'd kill you off. And then here comes Daniel who stands before him and says, when you would typically say, long live the king to a king if you said anything else it would be like beheaded right for this behavior he stands before the king and says i saw the dream and here's what god sent me to share with you is that there will be a lesser empire that will come and destroy your empire and take over and become the established empire in this world and like to tell a king that is a, a big no-no but he did but because it was in alignment with what he was called to do in his mission and, you know, he went through his experiences, as you see, you know, challenged Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were challenged to stand before the statue and they wouldn't, they wouldn't bow down. So they were sent to the fire. When they were in the fire, they were protected. And it's the same thing that's happening to us right now. We're being told to bow down to this beast system in Babylon. Babylon means Babel. Babel is confusion. We're being brought into confusion right now. And we're told to, to worship a system. You going and agreeing to it over and over again. Like people want to know what the mark of the beast is. There may be some digital print. There may be, you know, a shot that has a fluorescent, they call it luciferous, fluorescent type chemicals in it that they can track. It could be that that comes into implementation, but that's not actually the mark of the beast that Christ warns us about. What he warns us about is he's concerned about our soul. It goes deeper than the surface. It's not a print on the hand or a scratch on here. It's, it's what you worship in your mind. That's the forehead. And what you agree to with your hand is coming into alliance with the system. And what we have before us is the beast system. There's a precursor that's being set up right now. It's the early stages of this beast system to try and establish some form of power. It's done it throughout history from Babylon to Medo-Persia. When Medo-Persia was then destroyed by the Greeks, the Greeks then were taken over by the Romans. This tiny little village in Italy that blew up and freaking took over damn near most of the world. And we see this playing through 
we're still in the days now. We're in the last days. We're in the days of divided nations where it will never come together. There won't be a one world government, no matter how much they push for it. God says there won't be, that it won't be fully established for full control. It won't get there, right? And so we see, see this trying this attempt and the enemy of our soul is always trying to speed up or slow down God's plan and he's never been able to do it. You know, so that, that I hold on to this faith that as much as there may be times of darkness, there may be times of struggle and it feels like there's doubt. There's also good that rises with it too. There's a revival. There's an awakening that happens as well. And we may have to be prepared to be in a split society, a splintered society for a little while while this thing plays out. Yeah. We just don't know everything yet. But what we do know is we get to choose where we live emotionally each and every day and where we live spiritually and who we're committed to and what system we decide to be in alliance with or not. Mic drop right there, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the first half of this episode with Joel Brown dropping the wisdom. I'm loving this conversation, loving where it's going. Um, on the second side for our members, if you want to jump on, Joel's going to teach us how to make $5 million in the two and a half weeks. So please subscribe <laughs> to our Patreon community. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. All right, cool. We'll catch you on this side. All right, to our members, welcome back. We're here with Joel Brown. This is dropping some wisdom in part one. Uh, Joel, you know, you talked a little bit about the potential of us being in this split society as things kind of unfold. And so I'm just curious to see what you think that split society is going to look like. Yeah, man. I, I think just to like future cast this and see what's happening. Uh, we can go based off what we've seen happen in the past. We can even go back in history and see what happened at times like, you know, Nazi Germany, French revolution, uh, when the black plague kicked in, uh, you can even look even further back at the dominance of, of Rome over empires and the fractures that were happening then. Not much changes even now. Like when you look at it, it's still empire trying to take hold. Uh, every other empire that was before, when you look at the great empires such as Babylon, you look at Medo-Persia, then you look at Greece and you look at Rome. Every other empire before Rome came in was very much like this. They were in this passive war towards God. They weren't really going for God's people as such. They were all more about power. But what's happening now is we moved, we moved into Rome. We started to see this waging a war more directly on God. And it was only after Christ uh, was crucified and resurrected and brought the eternal promise. It was like a new covenant, right? And this new, new promise to us of the eternal. And, and we see this. And, and then what happens is you start to see this like religioso type power that takes hold and uses church and state power for control. We never had that with, uh, with Rome. Rome ruled with an iron fist when it came to wars, right? And, and conquering land. But it started to become more of a direct spiritual attack. And we're still seeing it today. It's like this whole, we keep hearing these words, holy war. It's like a holy war, right? When we, we say, you know, the Middle East came in and attacked America. Well, it's a holy war, right? When you see the persecution of believers, you have, you have this, this Catholic means universal, Right? And, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not slamming anybody that subscribes to that as their belief. It's the system that I'm actually addressing here. Uh, it gets dangerous when you have church and state power come together. When people ask me, Joe, are you religious? No, I'm not. 
Matter of fact, I have the biggest issue with, with, with religion and I have the most frustrating talks with Christians and I'm a believer of Christ. And it's because legalities and the church institution gets in the way. And you're going to see this. This is my, I guess, in a way, like a, a preview of what's to come in time. It may not happen in our lifetime. We don't know yet what the timescale is. But as we see this, like more of a leftist type, liberal, very old democratic type thing flowing out right now, it'll get to a point where people get over that. It's like, uh, it's not working very well. It's chaotic. We don't like this. So what then comes in is this pendulum swing. And it happens all the time. There's been a vacuum that's created because of the, the pandemic. And then there's this, we need this to come in. So it becomes this leftist, like, let's get Biden in. Let's, let's select him, not even elect him because mm -hmm. they cheated to get in. I'm 100% on that. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks. We see it. And, and then the puppet masters come in and start pulling the strings. And, and then so people get so sick of that because it's too chaotic and it's, it's unstable that they are crying out for something else. That something else is a very extreme right wing conservative arm swings in. And the issue that we have at hand at stake, whether it's in our lifetime or not, is this conservative uh, religioso political type power that comes together. Some people that are experiencing what's going on with this more of this left uh, godless Everything leads with science. You can manipulate science if you want. I think it's a great vehicle. It just doesn't have compassion in it. Um, this eugenicist type like mindset that's going to go on. Uh, people won't want that after a while. It just is too destructive. So they'll want the other, but the other's too extreme as well. So when we look at this, it ends up being this almost like this direct battle that starts to come into play more and more. It becomes more and more evident that it's not just a battle of flesh and blood. It's principalities and power that's in play. It's, it's good versus evil. You guys are getting previews of it right now. Hmm. Like, how is this? The, the vaccines, the shots have uh, graphene oxide in every single shot. We've seen it studied under virus. Dr. Robert Young, um, a number of universities have done these studies now. Uh, they found it in Japan and they've had to cancel millions of vials. Um, they're doing this and they're randomizing it. So some people that are getting the shot, they don't know whether they're getting a phase one, a phase two or phase three. Phase one is like 80% saline and 20% heavy metals. The second phase two is uh, like 40% saline and 60% metals. And the phase three is like 20% saline and 80% metals. You don't know which one you're getting. It's like playing Russian roulette. And I get these people that message me all the time. Oh, I had two shots. I'm fine. It's like, yeah, cool. You're probably lucky you got phase one. But if somebody else comes along because they thought that you were good and they get phase three or double of phase three, they're done, right? So this is an evil Russian roulette game. And it's, it's been established by those in the, in the uh, establishment that have decided to pair with these pharmaceutical companies, big pharma and, and these corporations and these governments are invested. They lobby, like you see the, the connections they have. It's insane to see how they're all making their money off this and they're draining it from society. And they're also depopulating society. And they keep covering it up, right? So we see this come into play. And there's definitely, you, you can't deny that something in your spirit and your soul doesn't feel right. There's a darkness that's looming. And when we put heavy metals, like graphene oxide, if you guys actually understand what graphene, graphene is stronger than steel. It is flexible and it's light. Like it's incredible material. Some people still can't even get their head around it. It's nuts. 
But what I do know about it is it oxidizes the red blood cells. And they've shown images of this. You know, I've had Dr. Young show what happens. It crystallizes the red blood cells to the point where if you have crystallized blood cells going into your brain, it creates neurological disorders. I'm talking like early 20s, uh, you know, mid 20s, early 30s coming in with Alzheimer's and dementia already. Like that's not good. I know what word you guys are in, but that's not good from where I'm from, right? And, and then, you know, you have lack of oxygen going to the heart. Someone gets a shot and then, uh, you know, a month later going for a run and they collapse. Oh, why did they collapse? Oh, it must be CV-19, right? They just, they, they can throw that into anything. You could fart and someone said it's a, it's a COVID-like symptom. It's just, it's ridiculous what they're doing now, you know? So <clears throat> we're being played. And what I do know is that God doesn't act like that. That's not his behavior. God's behavior, if you want to know, like when you look at the model of Christ, right? Whether you believe in it or not, let's just look at him as a model, as a figure. What he stood for, if you see the theme of how he expressed his character in the scriptures, truth, love, and liberty. He stood for all of those three things. And he did it consistently. And he kept calling us to those standards. He's like, come into this walk. He called it the way. As a matter of fact, he didn't even call them Christians, the, the followers. The Romans called them Christians, little Christ. He just said, this is the way. And so when we look at this, it's like, well, if I live my life in truth, love, and liberty, would I easily be able to discern then when anything's outside of those brackets? Probably so. And I'm not saying you have to be that to discern it. I think that there's something in your heart and a wanting to be in your truth, love, and liberty that brings you to greater discernment. And so if we see that there's this evil that's in play now, we understand that it's, it's this waging war spiritually on God, but using humanity to get to him, right? The enemy of souls pissed. He doesn't like us because we have the promise of the eternal. We have the option with free will to choose to come into that grace with God, right? We, we have the opportunity to stand in truth, love, and liberty. We have all that. We're more free than you think. The cards are so heavily stacked in our favor, it's ridiculous. And so the societal programs and the structures are trying to consistently keep us in like the matrix, if you want to call it that, in this dark fallen kingdom to acquire your soul. And when you look at the effects of graphene oxide, it's sucking the oxygen out. It's directly attacking God's original design that's in your system. The mRNA is altering your DNA. It's altering your genes. Right, the aluminium oxide is oxidizing your blood. Your blood, if it's acidic, is going to be way more affected. Our job is to alkaline, come back to nature. God's already given us everything: the greens, the chlorophyll, the avocado, the the lemon and the lime water, the watermelon. Like all those things are high pH. They alkaline our system, so we're less affected by this oxidation. It's already in nature. Man comes along, that's godless, and chooses to work with an evil influence sometimes not even knowing that they're under evil influence because they're so far away from their choice of God that they start acting out in a greedy, greedy, selfish manner. And if you see the, the guys that are trying to run it right now, look at, look at them. They're godless. They believe in eugenesis, uh, eugenics. They are about their money and about their fame and about their power and control. God doesn't express those values. He doesn't need to express those values. Right? And he's calling us into sentiness. The more we come into the sentiness of truth, love, and liberty, we start to notice this is out of alignment. And so this is why I have a problem with a lot of even believers, and I'm calling believers out right now. Like I, I got pastors that 
uh, telling their congregation, you can't come to church unless you have the shot. And I'm like, are you out of your freaking mind? Like what a waste of the last 30 years or 40 years of your supposedly being in relationship with God when you're calling your people to have to go and get something that's going to put darkness in their system. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of misleading that's happening right now. And I think people need to lovingly get their ass kicked because they're not stepping. You know, I I feel it's like spirituality on paper, but not in practice, you know? And I mean, experiencing the same thing, you know, I work in the the health alternative health world as a practitioner of the healing arts. And like we have chiropractors and, and, and Chinese medicine doctors that are sending out newsletters to their, to their clients telling them to get the jab. And so who they are, they're, 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 you know, educators, you know, they're, they're practitioners of these ancient arts, and yet they're falling for the propaganda, you know, they're falling, they're falling for the fear. And so it's like, it, people ask me, well, how could they be doing this? It's like, well, there's one thing to be, uh, to really feel it in your heart and to really know it. And versus just, oh, I have a letter after my name or I've, I've had certain types of training. So it's completely different. So it doesn't surprise me that there's, there's religious people out there, you know, that are doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Look, when, I, when people ask me if I'm religious, I say, no, I, I'm in relationship with God. That's what everything that Christ even told us anyways, is that he's like, come into relationship. It's so different because it's not, it's not an institution. We can't hang it up on man. It's like a man told you to do this. It's like, that's, like i'd rather go to god you know what i'm saying like i'd rather have my spiritual connection and my seeking to understand with that wisdom the creator wisdom not some man that's you know he this man who tells you whatever could have layers of trauma and they're overcompensating and it could be all eager and you're like oh that's truth yeah you know so yeah i think i think this whole cancel culture thing that you guys hit on 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 the um first part of this this interview uh is a form of just silencing people from having a voice. And when I look at someone like Christ, he stood in the face of the religious, he stood in front of the Pharisees and he says, you are like whitewashed tombs. It was like one of the most disrespectful thing you could say in that time, because it's saying you look good on the outside, but you're dead on the inside, whitewashed tombs. Right. And this is what's happening is you've got so many people that are like whitewashed tombs, look good on the outside, branding and saying all the things they're doing what's popular. Christ never was concerned with popular. He spoke for truth. And that's what you guys are doing. When you share what you share and you're speaking up, you guys are sharing truth. And I honor that. I respect that. I see that you guys, that's why I jumped on this podcast. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You guys are about it. And, you know, we can get the truth and the liberty down. Liberty is freedom. It's like, we'll fight for that. We'll go, the thing that we get to master, which is a constant practice for me, and it's one of the toughest, is love. Remember I said truth, love, and liberty? Love is tough, man. It's tough. And it's not going to naturally come from us if we keep hanging ourselves up on institutions and keep hanging ourselves up on having to rely on systems because we'll get pulled and swayed which way, wherever. Like I, I want to find my love in my creator who taught me love from the beginning of time, you know? And so that's where we get to come from. And it's tough because I used to call, at the start of this pandemic, I kicked off like 20 months back. I was going for it. Like I already saw it, you know, and I lost so many followers at the start, like like over 10,000 something followers I would have lost in the first like three months of speaking up because people were like, Joel, you're insensitive, you know, and and to to be honest, I was calling people sheep too. You know, I wasn't like directly like raising my voice and tone to attack at people. I wasn't doing that. I was posting some things here and there that alluded to, you know, sheep and law and that. And, and I just made it a commitment. I said, I'm not going to call people sheep anymore. 
because I don't want to be that guy that people after they've made their decision feels like they can't come back and have that conversation with me. Like now I have people left, right and center that come to me every day without a doubt, like probably even right now, I've got flooded inbox. Hey, Joel, do you have a detox protocol to get this vaccine out? Like people are in need. I had a woman reach out to me, suicidal. She's feeling suicidal. And I asked her, what's going on? Like, drop, give it to me. She's like, you know, I didn't know where else to go. You know, I saw that you were sharing detox protocols that you work with. I've been working with doctors and getting these like protocols. We've been tweaking. It's amazing. And my doctor here in Bali, is she's uh, been able to detox hundreds and hundreds of people from the shots. Now, you've got to be detoxing for the rest of your life, by the way, because this you keep it management because it's doing damage. It's doing permanent damage in people and it's lodging into organs and fatty tissues. It's nuts. But, you know, I had this conversation with this woman. She's in New York City and she said to me, this symptoms that she's experiencing after having the shot three weeks ago, her second one, she said, it feels like the room spinning. And she said, when I lay down, my throat feels like it's closing over. And she says, I feel darkness and heaviness over me all the time now. And she says, I, I feel like I'm disconnected from myself. Something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on from this shot. You know what I mean? And I, this isn't the first time I heard it. I've heard it from many people now that they feel like they've lost their identity. Something's happened within them. There's an attack on the God gene that's in the body. It's been designed to do this. And so this becomes- 100 years ago, man. 100 years ago, Rudolf Steiner said there will be a vaccine to cast the spirit out oh, yeah. from, from man. Like it's- it's insane, dude. Sort of, um, bro. It's nuts. It's not. And what the scariest part is that we just don't even know the extent of it yet. This is just the beginning, man. This is, it's so early. Um, and yeah, dude, it's, it, it, it's freaky. Um, I'd love to know like a bit more in, in, in your, in your experience. Um, like what, what, what are people really experiencing for, for, from the shot? Can you go a bit deeper on that? Yeah, so, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm just yeah. going to preface that. That's important to know. Um, but I, I, I've been speaking with a lot of doctors and I've been looking at blood cell analysis with them. I've been interviewing them. They've been presenting uh, evidence, visual evidence. You know, like you get to a point where you see it, you can't unsee it anymore. And it's this consistent visual evidence that keeps showing up with everyone that keeps getting these shots. And like I shared, there's heavy, heavy metal particles. They're even putting graphene oxide in the flu shot. So people that had a flu shot like a year or two ago, they've got graphene oxide in their system. You know, my doctor that's, that's working out here in Indonesia, she said to me, she said, Joel, I've been doing blood cell analysis, which is when you put the blood under a microscope and yeah. you can have a look, right? And Dr. Young has like million dollar lab equipment for electron microscopy. You can look even deeper into cells and see what's actually happening and take footage of it. And they both have said that, you know, like Dr. Young has been operating for like 40 something years in his medical field. Uh, he's one of the lead scientists and naturopaths in the world. He's cured tens of thousands of people from cancer. This guy knows what he's doing. And Big Pharma hates him. They've tried to throw him under the bus a couple of times, tried to sue him. He pleaded not guilty. They try to hang him on anything they can. They can't stop him, you know, because he's speaking truth and he's out there doing his thing. And um, uh, my doctor here in, in Indonesia has been doing her work for 24 years. And she said, Joe, over the last 24 years, I've been looking under a microscope at blood and work with tens of thousands. She said, only in the last 15 to 16 months have I started to see graphene oxide in the blood. Mostly in those that are vaccinated, 
a little bit in those that haven't been vaccinated. So the question is, well, like, where's that little bit coming from, right? Because this is the thing that people get really stuck on. It's going to sound sci-fi, guys. You ready for this? It's going to sound a little sci-fi-ish. We're ready, bro. Good. Yeah. You'd have to hear the interview with Dr. Young that I did. You can check it out in my Telegram group. Just go to um, Agents of Change is the name of the group, but just type in, you know, like t.me slash change agents. That's the Telegram group. And you see it there. And, and I've got two parts. We had to put it on Rumble because it was going to get deleted off everything else. But he shows this visual evidence and he says, what happens is we have chemtrails and they keep, they keep saying it's conspiracy. You can't keep calling everything conspiracy when it consistently keeps showing up. Like, it's kind of like when I see people smoking and I'm like, can I see it? And I'm like, that's, that used to happen in the 1990s. Are people still doing that now? Like when people call people conspiracy theories, I'm like, do people still call people that now? There's it's been way too many conspiracy theories come true, right? Some conspiracy theories are pretty wacky, so I get it. But yeah. most are actually coming true, which is, which is nuts. But we look at these chemtrails and they actually can, they've put cups out in, in the open where there's chemtrailing happening. And chemtrails is the planes are flying overhead and they dump out poisonous clouds and fumes behind them and as you see these heavy metal particles are in you have um barium you have aluminum oxide you have uh now graphene oxide which they never used to dump but they're dumping it now uh and you have a number of other ones too i won't bore you with what they are but all of these metals are poisonous um there's even arsenic in some that they found from from the um camp trailing and they they lead to upper respiratory issues. Now the news and media is starting to make, try, they're trying to normalize it like it's a normal fun thing that's happening in the world. And they did it in Australia recently. Sydney and Melbourne were copying it. They had up and down, up and down on the coast. They were dumping chemtrails nonstop. They were doing like zigzags and cross patterns in the sky. I've got video evidence of this. Contrails, which is just condensation trails, are just like a thin line. And it disappears very quickly after the plane's taken yeah. off you know like you see it for a little bit and then it just disappears chemtrails stay in the sky and they get fluffy like clouds and they come lower to the atmosphere and then you probably notice like i noticed when i when it was happening here in bali when i got sick i got like a covid like symptoms and um thought i had cv19 i was like oh i thought this thing wasn't legit but now i feel that it was my symptoms reaction to the atmosphere when they were doing chemtrailing and i walked down to the beach and my dogs and i see the car park where it was next to the beach where it's usually nice and clear, it was all foggy. And on the windows was all like sticky surface. And on my motorbike seat, my black motorbike seat, there's all these little like white ash particles only on the days they do chemtrailing. So you guys think this stuff doesn't affect you. It does. We breathe in this crap, right? So, so you get these upper respiratory issues that start to come into play. People freak out and go, I've got COVID. They go and get tested on a shitty little stick called a PCR, which has graphene oxide on the swab test. And then they wear their face nappies, their masks, which has graphene oxide here. So all what we're doing is we're not only getting graphene oxide in our system, we're also covering our mouth and our nose and breathing back in carbon dioxide. See how this is a massive oxide intoxication that's happening right now in the world. And they're found in San Pellegrino water bottles They've, they've actually put a magnet here and they're able to run it up and down. And there's particles that will come up and down uh, on, the, uh, on the side of the bottle when they add an ingredient in to, to, to measure, to, to break up the particles. 
you have another like a normal water bottle and then that wasn't happening they found graphene oxide particles uh in san pellegrino water bottles and people were that one, bro. <laughs> yeah it's nuts man it's nuts uh, they've found it they've done it multiple times as showman it's not just come from one so this is something wow. you guys got to understand is like these things i'm sharing with you is not just from one doctor it's not just from one university it's it's, it's very important to know that it's coming from many sources and it's amplifying like crazy there's way more doctors now because the thing is like dr young he has million dollar lab equipment a lot of other like your normal gp doesn't look for this stuff they're just told from the higher ups you've got to get everyone the vaccine and then they've thought like well over my last 30 40 years in in you know medicine uh vaccines have been pretty fine so they're just relating it to what they've experienced i get that i get why they're administering it uh, but this one's different. It's not a vaccine. It's an experimental lethal injection that it will slowly kill us. It's like, think about this, guys. It's like a slow release grenade going off in the body and shrapnel pieces flying around in the body. Parasites that are in the body that are leeching off your God-given cells. Like, and it's altering your DNA. It's like, why would you want this in your system? Like, yeah, I don't want it, dude. Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's it's a death for a wish. long time. It's an absolute death wish, man. So when, when I get haters that come at me, oh, I've taken it and you know, well, they say, you're crazy. Some guy said to me, because I shot a shot, you know, on an Instagram live and I went like this to my arm. I was pointing to my arm, you know, like when you, if you get the shot and I'm saying it because some people, when they hear the shot, they're just still not engaged to what is going. So they're like, I'm used jesters and hammer. I've had two people so far say, oh, this is cult-like behavior or like you're trying to program people into your blood. I get all sorts of like people saying stuff. And I literally, I've got to a point where I will see that and I'll think to myself, man, I feel so sorry for that person. Like I legit do feel sorry. I feel compassion because that person is laughing at this now. They think it's a joke. They think we're a joke, but they're coming into a rude awakening very soon you know everyone's immune system is different people have different detox processes everyone's ph levels whether they're alk more alkaline or acidic are all different some people have comorbidity so like everyone's experiencing different things also when they randomize the phases of the shots phase one phase two phase three you don't know what you're getting you better hope you don't get a phase three on first and second go like you know what i mean so we don't know but what we do see is what's happening dr ryan cole He's a pathologist in Ohio. And he said that he's been in the game for like 20 something years. He said for the first time in 20 years, he said, I've seen a 20 X increase of cancer patients coming through now. And it's connected to the shots. Most of them are, have had the shot. You know, there's going to be massive, massive impact on people that have taken the shot now. And you can't get some of this stuff out of your system. Even if you go through the detox protocols, not every single bit of it comes out. Dr. Young said that what your body does to protect you is sometimes if it can't flush something, it sends it to the fatty tissues. Guess where your fatty tissues are? In your brain. Mm -hmm. So it's lodging metal particles in your brain. You know, and 80% and of a lot of these... Um, metals if you have a look at what the mrna does it like it's crazy it has sequence programming and it's guiding and directing these magnetic particles to go to organs in the body do you know how nuts that is like they can literally send it to the reproductive organs they found that almost 80 percent, depending on the person and the whatever the, the volume up to 80 percent goes to the reproductive organs 
that leads to what do you think that leads to guys infertility yeah sterilization right infertility so like i'm thinking to myself and this is prophetic man god warns christ warns he cried he warned he said in last days he says um mothers and fathers will turn on sons and daughters sons and daughters will turn on mothers and fathers and i was like that's kind of crazy. And it says there'll be days of lawlessness. We're looking at the law right now and the laws. It does, laws don't mean crap. It's like rules have come in and overtaken laws. It's weird, right? It's like you can always break rules, but not laws. Now they're just mandating rules all the time. And when I thought about like the family unit getting broken down and Joel, I know you got kids too, right? Yeah, bro. You, you got kids. It's like, imagine your family unit breaking down. You become weak in your mindset and in your soul, in your spirit. As a man, you're a leader of the family. You're like the holding it together, provider and protector. But imagine you've gone and told your kids, you got to get this shot. You got to get this shot. You got to get it. You know, it's the right thing to do for the greater good as they keep using as a manipulative tool. And, and then the kids go and get the shot. Five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line or whatever it is, when they're old enough, they turn around and go, I can't have kids now because you told me to get the shot. Like imagine how much this would separate and divide families in, in, in the coming time, in the next decade or more. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be nuts. Oh, I know yeah, parents yeah. who have gaslighted their kids into getting the shot. Yeah. I know kids that, well, that's why I say kids, but I'm talking about adults that, that didn't want to get the shot. And parents have literally been able to coerce them into, into getting the shot. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Vice versa too. You know, you have these young teenagers or young millennials, you know, that are super woke. And they're they're shaming their elderly parents into getting getting the the jab, yeah. you know as well. So it's happening in both ways. So not only is it going to happen in the future when they come back and go, hey, like I'm 28, 30, 35 years old and I can't have children, but it's happening right now, you know. So you know this yeah. dissolution of the family unit is happening. It's continuing, and it's it's sad to see. And a lot of these people also too, you have to understand, is that people can't even make connections between they just got the the shot to a month ago and got sick you think 5 10 15 years from now these people are gonna be like well it's because i got the shot you know they're gonna be so entrenched in the system on meds yeah. you know they got the hook from big pharma it's just gonna be the continuous continuous thing that we see right now you know now there'll be those that, that might connect the dots but generally speaking people just like i'm sick i i have this thing i don't know why and they won't yeah. make the connection to a thing they literally got jabbed inside of them that was an experimental thing that they had no clue what was in it with no long-term studies. Yeah. I think the, I think the only way that we probably have a, and I hate where we're even having to think about this. It sucks. Like it sucks that that's where we're at. It's just, but this is what it is. It's the reality. I think the only way that that will become super apparent is if the system create had a pendulum swing shift and somebody came in and there was mass exposure. Yeah. of what's yeah. actually been happening it could because that could happen in a case too it could start to take more of a lean in another direction and there could be massive exposure to break down the trust in the system too which would if they want to send it in a different direction right yeah. uh and if that happened then it would become apparent where it's like calling out the media there's always going to be people sharing truth which is what i love is the fact that we you know and you get to choose whether you're going to be that person or not i think it's important that more people do I'd hope that when they listen to this, they'll share the truth even more. Like, just think if you're listening, you've, you've like discovered something. You're like, that's crazy. That's messed up. This needs to get out there. Share it. Yeah. Some of you are scared to get bullied, scared to get ridiculed. Well, the weight of regret of not sharing is, is far heavier than somebody disagreeing with you. I'm going to tell you that, you know, so 
yeah it'll it, it'll come out in, in ways and shapes and some people will live the rest of their life in denial and pretend like something hasn't happened too you're right like i know somebody that had the shot two weeks later all the symptoms of someone that has a shot and i'm like did you take the shot yeah but it's not that i was like okay so you're 32 years old for the 32 years of your life have you ever experienced the symptoms that you just have now no oh what do you think the coincidence is like mm -hmm. What do you, where do you think you might've got it from? What do you think it, but they're so in their denial because they don't want to, they don't, it hurts them so much to think that they made the wrong decision. Yeah. And it, it reinforces this feeling in people is I'm not smart enough. I get it. Like I get why people want to avoid it, but this is why the, the pre-work, the self-development work is so important. The spiritual work is so important beforehand so that people can own their stuff. It goes back to ownership once again. Yeah. I've had friends and clients who, have experienced who are younger who experienced some weird health issue and you know i slowly come in well have you had any um you know medical interventions lately oh have you gotten a flu shot oh yeah i got got a flu shot like you know every year or i got it four months ago and it's like well and then they I mean, no 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 like no it's not that it's not that okay you know what do you yeah someone just won't make the link <clears throat> you know yeah i i think we're in a really important time in history I was sharing on my social because some people were reaching out to me like, Joel, you know, what, what do you think about these people in the self-development space that aren't speaking up? And I say, well, look, I feel called to do it. I don't know if they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's not feeling like it's their mission. But what I do know is people aren't looking for popular anymore. When they're trying to work things out, they want truth. It's so important because they want certainty. Like, what is it? What's actually happening here? Can we work this thing out? Let's piece it together. And we've lived in a society for so long where I look at some of these self-development guys and all they do is just keep copying the same formula. If they see somebody post something that did pretty well, they're going to go and repost the same thing because it gets lots of likes. It's like, I'm so over that game. I couldn't give two craps about that. You know, it's, it's like, I'd rather get the things off my chest and connect with people that are actually feeling something because some people have told me, Oh, I've stopped following this person because I feel like they don't get me anymore. I feel like they're pretending like nothing is happening and they're still flaunting their luxurious cars or their whatever it is that they're doing and, and not connect. Like I don't feel seen, heard or understood anymore. So that's a loss for that person, whether they know it or not, because now they're not considered a leader and less people will come to them for that support and less people will get support from them because they're just trying to play the game of Mr. Popular or Mrs. Popular. So, you know, we're an important time in history and I, I challenge my followers, you know, I'm like, yo, are you going to look back at this and, and, and say like, I really freaking stood my ground. Like, this is a time where I did what I said I was going to do. Or are you going to say that, nah, yeah, kind of like let other people work this one out and I played it safe. It's uncomfortable you got to live with that. People, man. It's, it's super uncomfortable for a lot of people, particularly people who have like built their life to be a certain way um, and to, you mean, play out their 10 year plan, as we mentioned, or whatever it is. Now all of a sudden there's this there's this glaring blind spot which they refuse to look at because it interrupts exactly what they've envisioned for themselves. You mean how they how their ego presents on social media, everything they've built around themselves, um, and so they're they're refusing to go there. You know, um, and it's a damn shame. I mean, how many spiritual gurus and whatnot, and you mean celebrities have we seen in, endorse this thing? And it's just it's fucking sickening to be honest with you. And this is. Yeah. This is where I implore everybody to take responsibility for your own life. Take responsibility for your own health. The age of idols is fucking finished. It's over, man. It is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I felt that, man. Hollywood's dead. I mean, it was already dying, but it's dead. Like, yeah. it's le legit dead. Um, unfortunately, people are moving to models like Netflix, which is still under that agenda rule. You know, like, we talk about the map of consciousness, you know, these brackets. If you, have you guys ever seen that? The map of consciousness? Um, I, I, I think I'm aware of what you're referencing. Yeah. I'll pull it up on a share screen if you want to make me a co-host. Sure, bro. I'll show you because it's really important, right? Like a lot of what we're experiencing right now, if we haven't, yeah, if we haven't healed and haven't moved to forgiveness and understanding and acceptance, what we tend to do is we tend to stay in force. So if you have a look at this, this here, uh, David Hawkins, the upper, yeah, yeah okay. so in the upper brackets, neutrality to enlightenment, and then underneath it is courage down to shame. A lot of the coaching I do is around shame and guilt, you know, and apathy, like feeling hopeless, uh, and this is where a lot of people are right now. The fear and the propaganda is keeping them down in the lower brackets. They're feeling anxiety. It's frightening. That's the view of life. You know, they feel disappointed because they want desire. So they're like, this is what I work with those with addictions. It's like they want to, you know, go out and hook up with everybody. They, they, they get hooked on alcohol. They take drugs. It, it always ends up disappointing at the end of it because it's never fully filling their cup. So I aim for a harmony. It's like bring them up into brackets of forgiveness, acceptance, trust understanding, reverence, love, joy, peace. These are all the things that Christ kept representing when he was in mission was like, we get to come into these brackets now. Like, don't wait. He refers to it as the kingdom of God. He's like, come into the kingdom. Whereas what we have is we have empire trying to take us down to force. God's calling us into the kingdom of power and the kingdom of love and the kingdom of truth and the kingdom of liberty, liberty which is the higher brackets. So yeah, I just, I just see what's going on. And I see that those that operate a lot from like pride, it looks like they've got their stuff together or their courage. Like they got to constantly keep using courage uh, to try and like make a way. And this is where a lot of people that are in celebrity spaces tend to play up here. The question I ask is like, what happens when that thing that's feeding you no longer feeds you? Mm. What happens when that goes, right? Like, do you lose your identity with that or are you still intact? And most people that have been living in force that have been trying to overcompensate or tie themselves to things. Like I work with entrepreneurs that are seven figure entrepreneurs and they, they, you think like they're crushing it. They make, you know, multiple seven figures a year. Maybe they have the private jets or the planes or the Rolls Royce or the fancy glitzy watch. They cry themselves to sleep at night. Some of them, they feel lonely. Like they're, they're a mess when it comes to their family life. They, they're a disappointment to their children. You know, and so I see that. I'm just like, they're not in power. They're in force still. Yeah. They just got really good at forcing, but it's exhausting. You become exhausted. You're always trying to be a perfectionist. You're always judging yourself and judging others. Like it just, it's such an unfortunate place to be in. So this beast system is trying to keep us in the lower brackets and God keeps calling us to be in the higher brackets going, come up with it with me, co-create with me in power you know so don't let the enemy of our soul take you down to that place that's where you get captured into that space and you know how important is our soul if good and evil is battling for it each and every one of us you've been placed here for a reason you have meaning that's been placed on your life you've got purpose in your heart it's there you know and, and so many of us are trying ambition instead of purpose we're ambition 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 to be something be someone we, we, we got to get out of our own way and come into our and come into the grace of God and, and come into that co-creation. That's where the power is. I think Amen, that's a perfect bro. place to end. That was beautiful, brother. Hundred yeah. percent, man. Um, 
But before you go, I made a promise to my members on the other side that you'd explain to them how to make $5 million in two and a half weeks. So, <laughs> Robert Rob Bank. Robert Bank. Yeah, there you go. Robert Bank. Bank. <laughs> Invent a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you probably could have dropped 20K on a, on a Moderna, Pfizer, and uh, Johnson. Johnson, like, you know, early 2019, you probably would have had your 5 million by now. Yeah, but right. is, like, I learned this from Gary Vaynerchuk many, many moons ago. He said to me, Joel, you know, it's not about how much money you make, it's how you make your money that counts. And uh, that resonated, man. It resonated, it stuck with me ever since. And I think about that, you know, because I, I could go into my back cave and make million dollar programs and launch them back to back. And my girlfriend probably wouldn't like it. I'd have not much of a life. Um, it would just be me in the lab in the cave. But that's not that's not fulfilling to me, you know. So I'd say, like, you know, yeah, you get get your money up, but if your money's not going to a greater purpose, you you get to reevaluate that one and work that one out, you know. Yeah, man. You might, need, you might want a little bit of money to, to decentralize and um, create some some new things in your life now. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm getting some land out here in Bali with my girl, and you know, out in a rice field near the ocean, and just. You know, just getting on top of things, man. I made my health a huge priority. I'm detoxing, you know, get, going on detox protocols to get heavy metals out, you know, because I've taken vaxes. I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti this one, you know, but I've taken um, yellow fever and uh, happy vax. I've taken a bunch of them, you know. So they still have cobalt and aluminum oxide and a bunch of other stuff. You don't want that stuff in you, especially when you're around this. Yeah. you're around your phone or you're around your wi-fi you're around yep. cell towers i mean dr young broke this down he he's been studying emf waves for 40 years you know and he said he was one of the first dudes if you saw on the news like 20 years ago the guy that was like sharing like what happens to your brain when you hold mm -hmm. the radio waves near you and he did all the scans and everything he's seen it all and been around it for 40 years and he said to me he said joel you know this these heavy metal particles especially graphene oxide in the blood they crank the 5G, you turn into a microwave. Like, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm saying get this stuff out now. Yeah. Liposomal glutathione breaks down. It's one of the only things that can actually break down graphene oxide. It takes a while. It kind of rusts away at it and it eats it out and takes it down to dissolve it, to get it out of your system. But we've got to get this crap out of our system, guys. God never made us to have this stuff in our system. This is a direct attack on God's creation. You know, so we've got to come back to nature you know, I, I know, Yerasimus, I know that you're, you know, you're, you're big on your natural health and alternative, like, you know, listen to, listen to him, you know, go to him for, for advice. He, he's got the goods. He knows how to bring you back into your harmony in your body. And that's what we're going to be at, you know, in a time of chaos, come back into your harmony. Sorry, man. So, so appreciative of your time and your wisdom and the deep dives and the deep research that you've done and for sharing it with us and for our audience such a pleasure to, pleasure to host you and have you and to be connected with you and you mean to, to meet fellow truth warriors on this path where we are all being forced to stand up. Um, it's, it, there's a beautiful silver lining to all of this. Anything that you want to leave our audience with before we bounce, anything um, where, where they can find you, what you've got coming up, let them know. Yeah, if you want to know more about the God stuff, uh, not religion, relationship, I, we created a, my friend, he's been a theologian for 15 years. He's, he's awesome. Like he really knows how to speak in a culture, very well versed, very philosophical. He loves to talk about existentialism and he, he goes deep and 
very profound stuff. Uh, the, this content we talk about, it transcends self-development. It's spiritual development. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to our podcast. It's called The Unknown God, right? The Unknown God. Uh, Paul, the apostle, was speaking with the Greeks, uh, which is really interesting. He's, he's in, I think it was in Athens. And he, he had this conversation with them where he says, you know, he had this incredible way of articulating and sharing the gospel, which is the good news of the kingdom, which is everything we talked about uh, to different cultures. And he found an awesome way to communicate it to the Greeks at the time that didn't understand they had more of their pagan idols and, and they were kind of confused. And he says, he creates this mystery around it where he's like, oh, you don't know the unknown God. And they're like, what? Who's the unknown God? So it became this thing that really captured our attention when we're looking at scriptures. Like, that's actually cool because a lot of people, I believe, don't, don't really know God. Like they don't know it in the way that he's been communicating to us because religion has gotten in the way. So the subtitle to the, to the podcast, The Unknown God, is a podcast uh, for people, a podcast about God for people who don't like church you know mm, nice. and, and and that's what it is you know and it's we have people of all walks of life that come and listen to it it's so dope we get so many questions and awesome answers that come from it and breakthroughs so yeah check that out um also new program out called conquer the matrix so conquerthematrix.com it's all about decentralizing your life coming out of the system uh, we break down all the pillars health wealth uh we go into mindset emotion spiritual as well uh yeah it's like 197 us we're kicking it off pretty soon, actually, in November. So whenever this comes out, hopefully you get to hear it before then. Go to conquerthematrix.com and jump in. And uh, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, brother. Bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate you too, man. And our members and our listeners, the people that support us, we appreciate you guys too. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next see you. time. Thanks for being right. here. Peace. Ciao. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.